time, but welcome back to Shooting the Shit with Right Hook Ray. Uh, it's been a little bit of a month in between the last episode and now. Um, kind of had a little bit of a hiatus, just a little bit of a break in confidence and, and stuff because uh, my envision of doing this didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. And I had to set some realistic goals and some personal stuff go on. <clears throat> And um, getting back into the fold, unfortunately, I have a little bit more free time now um, to do so. And uh, I want to try to maximize my, my time to do this while I can. And uh, hopefully I haven't lost any of you or lost everyone. And I can still gain some people to listen to the show and... Uh, I just want to thank you guys for sticking in there, at least having some interest still, despite me having this random hiatus I had for the past month or so due to just a lack of confidence and self-esteem and hope that this would work out better. <laughs> but it is still a work in progress. I just, you'll learn as we go along this ride that I have very little patience with a lot of things and I need to learn to gain some patience with a lot. And this is going to help me gain those pa- gain that patience. So hopefully we'll, we'll learn that along the way. <laughs> um, regardless, in the past month, a lot has happened. Uh, the NBA playoffs got underway. Wrestling has been herky-jerky. The NFL starts next week or this week. Uh, lots of happening in our society that entwines with everything. So uh, we're going to get into that as this will be a decent episode, and uh, we'll hopefully cover everything as, as best as I can. And uh, we'll do that when we come back after this message. Okay, I'm back, and we're going to try to jump into this with the NBA playoffs. <clears throat> a lot has happened, a lot of breakout moments and surprises have happened in this restart playoffs, which honestly has been exciting. Kind of has had a bit of an AAU tournament feel to it, <clears throat> which has been pretty cool. But some things I think a lot of us expected to happen, some things we didn't. Well, it's kind of a Captain Obvious statement, but it's the truth. Um, Luka Dantage really showed everyone that didn't believe in him on a national stage that he is a superstar and will be a bonafide superstar here in the near future. Um, the Lakers are still the Lakers. You know, they're a good team, but you don't know when they're hitting the switch or not. <clears throat> Philadelphia 76ers completely imploded, which I think a lot of us knew would happen. And it comes down to the comes on the shoulders of Joel Embiid and what he truly is. Boston Celtics looked, looked pretty together and solid. Uh, the, the, the defending champion Toronto Raptors still have a lot of fight left. The Miami Heat have been absolutely impressive because Jimmy Butler's leading the way, proving that he can lead a team. Um, the the Los Angeles Clippers look like the Clippers during the regular season. They're just chugging along. They have their moments where they take nights off, but they're still there. The Denver Nuggets-Utah Jazz Series was an absolute fight, but it showed the signs of the future of the Western Conference may come down to those two teams, and Damian Lillard put on one of the more single impressive performances probably in the playoffs in recent memory 
unfortunately they just ran against the Laker team and he had an injury that ended their playoff run short. So we didn't get to see the full the full scale of Damian Lillard in the playoffs, unfortunately. But we're in round two and and again it's just been a lot of surprises. Uh we'll get to the big one, the Miami Heat having a big lead over the Milwaukee Bucks. It's been insane. Jimmy Butler has really taken this Heat team to to a new level, challenging the, the best team in the East, the Bucks. Giannis has done the best he can, but it's come back to some flaws with Giannis. It comes back to Giannis is always trying to attack the basket. He's not taking the shots. And with the exception of the game a couple of days ago, his supporting cast hasn't been there. Chris Middleton showed up when Giannis went down with an ankle injury Sunday. I think we all know Giannis is probably going to play in game five tonight just because Giannis is that kind of a player. <clears throat> but, but the Heat have been impressive, and they have the right matchups and approaches to throw Giannis off and and make others have to step up on that, on that Milwaukee team. But it's going to come down to how often Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez of the Milwaukee Bucks step up to make this count. And, you know, their back's against the wall again. Can they be the first team to come back from a 3-0 series? Possibly. Is it likely to happen? Um, I, I got to I gotta go with no, I don't think so. I think Jimmy Butler and his intense competitive nature is not going to let that happen. I'm going to go with that the Miami Heat will probably close this series out tonight, and they'll be getting rest of waiting for the winner of the Boston-Toronto series, which has been a little bit competitive. Uh, as a Raptors fan, it wasn't the best feeling seeing them go up 3-0, but the win Saturday showed that they still have the fight in them. Uh, they did lose last night, but it's it's not a, a, a knock on, on the Raptors as it is, just this Celtics team is really good, and they might be the best interpretation of how this small ball thing is played with Tatum playing power forward. It's it's Jason Tatum is probably the most overlooked performer in this playoff so far, which is insane to say because he's been impressive every step of the way in this in, in these playoffs. And this Celtic team is very deep and talented. And the crazy part is they don't even have Gordon Hayward back yet. So imagine what that may be if Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward returns. But, uh, you know, the Raptors, um, talked to a couple of friends at the weekend about it. The Raptors really don't have much to be ashamed of if they are eliminated in this round. Uh, a lot of people would have said that they didn't belong, that they didn't belong in the playoffs, especially after losing Kawhi Leonard, who just left. And I think everyone including Kawhi, thought that this team would just falter and not make the playoffs. And instead, they had one of the best records in the East and have proven that they can still do it on their own. And, you know, I think a lot of people haven't thought about this. We still haven't had a good Pascal Siakam game yet. So hopefully that's coming here on, on Wednesday. <clears throat> and hopefully the Raptors will keep the fight. Hopefully this does go seven and you know, we'll get a great playoff series out of the East finally. And we head over to the West. Um, Nuggets, Nuggets Lakers is just an opposition of philosophy and style. 
Uh, the Clippers are obviously one of the odds-on favorites to win because of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Paul George has had a weird odyssey in these playoffs. He's been awful at one point. Then now he shows glimpses of playoff P. He, he shows up. He plays good. He plays well. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, I know there's a lot of uh, negative heat with Kawhi because of the load management and the overhype from last year, him leading the Raptors to the championship. But Kawhi's been a steady model of consistency. You know, nothing's really changed. He's had some bad moments here and there, you know, but he's been, he's probably been the most consistent player on that Clippers team. Uh, Six-man of the year, well-deserved six-man of the year. Montres Harrell is, is starting to make his presence felt. You know, now he's getting back into a rhythm. Uh, they're the guy that should be the starting point guard, and a lot of teams I think should consider would wanting him on the team as a point guard, Patrick Beverly. Uh, to me, he's going to be key in this series because he's going to be the guy that's going to push and antagonize the Jamal Murrays and Monte Morris is on that Nuggets team. And you want a guy that's just a feisty, I guess, bulldog on, on your team. And you need you need you need guys like Patrick Beverly and PJ Tucker from Houston. Just you're gonna need those guys. You always need a guy like that. Especially 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 deep in the playoffs. And then there's Denver. There's such a young group that's together. Uh Gary Harris returned. I don't know how much of a plus that is compared to a negative because Gary Harris is very hit and miss. Michael Porter Jr. still showing the growth and promise. Hopefully we'll see more of that, more growth and promise on defense because the offense is already there. And again, I've said it probably a couple times on here, the best center in basketball, Nicole Jokic, he just he, he does everything right. He, he orchestrates and can, and can control a game better or just as good as anyone. Uh, that Nuggets team flows very well when, when he's on a roll and orchestrating the offense. Uh, I don't. This is a series that I that I can't I, I can't call because <laughs> you, you want to think the Clippers should, should run away with this, but then you see the Nuggets and you're like, well, maybe they could. St-. It's this is a toss up series, and I I think for me, whoever wins this series could possibly win the West, in my opinion, because I think whoever comes out of the other series is just going to be too too worn down from just all the battling they had to do. And speaking of that, let's go to the more, the one that's got all the attention, Rockets and Lakers. It's big versus small, AD LeBron versus Russ and Harden. It's a battle against small ball versus the, versus, versus traditional style. And I don't know what to make of this series. Um, for me, there's a, some validations about certain things. I've never been sold on Anthony Davis totally. I get the talent. He's he, he's an amazing player, but to use a rocky term, there's not the eye of the tiger. There's not that dog in him. How he's not getting 30 points and 15 rebounds so far in this, in this series is beyond me. Uh, he's settling for a lot of jumpers and threes. Yes, I know that PJ Tucker, who's probably the most one of the more underrated players in this league because of his size, is just an absolute bull and a bully. 
Well, Anthony Davis settles for a lot of shots that he should not be settling for. And it's just a, a, a soft feeling with Anthony Davis. And I, I don't know why. <laughs> it's inexcusable. But Anthony Davis needs to find a way to snap out of it and just get in the post. And him, him and LeBron James should be getting all their touches in the paint only. And if they do that, they win the series. Yes, I know the Rockets will spread you out and shoot. And ironically, the Rockets are the best defensive team in inside the bubble. Doesn't sound right. We know what James Harden can do. Uh, I was saying at the start of the restart, let's see how much is left in James Harden's tank this time because that's always been the knock at this point in the playoffs with him. If he has anything left, I think I think the break did wonders for him. And again, it's it's what it's which Russell Westbrook are you gonna get night after night, game after game, and that and that's what you gotta depend on. And also. How on are Houston shooters to make that that style of play work? Um, if if they're on, if they're on, and and let's say the Lakers are just playing that stagnant blast style or bland way of playing that that they kind of do to to where to where the Lakers take their foot off the gas, Houston could steal that. But I I will never ever bet against the King. So I'm still going to go with the Lakers win this. Not in five, but we're going to go Lakers in six. But they really got to snap out of this, snap out of this haze they're in and really just, I know it's boring now, but play that old school post-up basketball, especially when you have such a size advantage and take Houston down and just, just take advantage of their small ball lineup and wear it down. And then we can get the Lakers in the conference finals and LeBron's closer to taking a third team to to the NBA Finals. Well now we're on basketball. Let me just get the the uh the obligatory NFL thing out the way. If anybody who knows me knows I'm not really in love with football after a while, just for a lot of reasons. Roger Goodell and some of their ways and views. Um, but I kind of feel obligated to do a little bit of coverage on the NFL. Obviously, the big story is Tom Brady's in Tampa, uh, the big contracts, the Patrick Mahomes, and, and over the weekend, Sean Watson, uh, how, how good will Lamar Jackson do in year two, you know, can Kansas City repeat, and just the... Which, which rookie is gonna really break out? There's to me a lot of them that can do it. There's not just one, but um, I'm gonna try to do best I can. We're gonna start with the predictions, or at least with my predictions of division winners. We'll start in the AFC East. That's probably what everyone thinks is thinks is the layup division still. Um, I'm gonna go outside the box. I think I think one of or a couple of my closest friends will probably like this. Will like this prediction here, but I'm going with the Buffalo Bills to win this division. Um, it's nothing against Cam Newton. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with Cam Newton, but I'm rooting for Cam Newton to totally succeed in New England because he was just treated very wrong in leaving Carolina. But it, you can't knock what 
you can't knock the momentum the Buffalo Bills have, especially especially getting Stephon Diggs in the offseason. He's very much quietly becoming one of the top ten receivers in, in football. And th- th- this might be the this might be the season where where he has a breakout. Hmm. Um, you know, Patriots will probably be the Patriots. Uh, the Jets and Dolphins really don't know. You hope the Le- you hope the Le'Veon Bell has a great season because he's too good of a talent to keep to keep underachieving the way he has. But I'm I just I I can't go against that Bills defense. That Bills defense is just as good, maybe a step better than step better than New England's. But you know, I just I got a good feeling that maybe the Bills squeak out the AFC East. The AFC South, I'm just gonna go with Tennessee Titans. It's it's Derrick Henry, simple and plain, and that defense was already good. Then over the weekend, they uh, they they signed Clowney, you know, another good pass rusher. So it's 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 Tennessee's division to Tennessee's division to lose. Uh, I know that Philip, I, I know that Philip Rivers is in Indianapolis. <coughs> Excuse me, where, where where that might where that might revive him a little bit, you know. Uh, Deshaun Watson is still sensational in Houston, but he loses DeAndre Hopkins, so you don't really know, and you never know what that defense and and the string of bad luck that JJ JJ Watt has health wise. And uh, who's the other team? <laughs> oh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars. Are kind of like the Florida Marlins of football. They fire sell talent every couple of years, and so they just kind of take themselves out of it. So it's again, it's the Tennessee Titans divisions division to lose in the AFC South. The AFC North is a bit conflicting for me because I am, in some ways, a Steelers fan. I'm slowly believing in them building the secondary finally after years of fussing and. Fussing and complaining and bitching, they they did the right thing in getting Minka Fitzpatrick last year, and it paid off because it got better. Um, didn't really do a lot, any big splashes in the offseason. They picked up Ebron for a tight end, so it looks like they're trying to space the field out. James Conner is 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 what he is. Juju is is obviously the the wideout of the future. Although I'm going to take a hot take, I think we could always use AB back. I think you can always say ne- never say never, and everyone deserves a second chance. Um, our defense has been, of course, Pittsburgh's known over the defense. The defense is good. JJ Watt, you know, pass rushing Cameron Hayward, the model of consistency. And again, with uh, Fitzpatrick and Hayden, it isn't a bad defense in Pittsburgh. As much as I want to say that they'll win a division, I, I can't ignore what's happening in Baltimore because they have the ultimate weapon right now with uh, Jackson at quarterback. They added Dobbins from Ohio State to go with Ingram. You know, Jackson and Brown are two guys are two guys from Miami. They worked out together all offseason. They're focused. The line's better. Defense stayed together as best they could. Like that team. The Ravens always know how to stay together whenever they have something good. Um, the Bengals could be a little bit surprising depending on Joe Joe Burrow. 
I think I think Joe's Burrow's approach and mentality might help a little bit, but the Bengals are still the Bengals, and the Browns are going to be the 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 wild card element of that division. Of they either can come out of nowhere and be really good, or they're going to be absolutely entertaining to watch be as they dumpster fire. This is probably going to be the year the year that that'll finally decide what they're going to do with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham. The defense has always been good. Offense is solid. You know, the offense is good with Beckham, Beckham, Landry, Mayfield, and Chubb. You know, it's Cleveland's always, it's always the, the wild card element, so you never can tell. But this division comes down to Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And it'll probably come down to probably come down to those those uh, two games to truly decide who wins that division. And the AFC West, I I, I think we all know who's winning that. Kansas City Chiefs will win that division. Um, I don't think the Broncos will do much. I think they'll be what they were last year. I think Melvin Gordon will have a, have a better season statistically, but it won't matter. Uh, the Raiders, I refuse to call them Las Vegas Raiders because it's just a joke. Absolute joke that they're playing Las Vegas. For the record, I don't think any sports team should ever ever play in Las Vegas, but it's too late. We got football and hockey. Just keep basketball out of Las Vegas, please. You know, the, the Raiders could be promising. Derek Carr has a new shiny weapon he can use and and, uh, and Henry Ruggs III, that, that kid could be that, that, that kid can have a Randy Moss-like season if they, if, if Gruden does everything right. And then there's the Chargers, same thing. I won't call them Los Angeles Chargers because it's a joke. They're going through a transition as well. It, 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 this is all about the Chiefs and just and, and see how much of a championship hangover they have. But they seem to be very together and very focused. And Patrick Mahomes is leading the charge, man. And, and, and that's where it's at. Um, I guess if you had to I have to make a Super Bowl prediction. I'm probably gonna take the safe bet. Go with the Chiefs. Go back. I think they'll beat the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. Um, I'm gonna say that game will be in Baltimore, but the Chiefs will pull it out. Um, as far as the MVPs and everything like that, I'm not. I don't know that. Haven't thought that deeply in it yet. That'll probably come in a, another episode here, but. I got the Chiefs being the Ravens in the AFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl. Now we go to the NFC. Um, very different. A seismic change because one guy left. Now, regardless of how you think he left, there's a whole other episode and conversation. But Tom Brady is not in New England. He's in Tampa. And Tampa Bay has got all the buzz and the buzz and the hype right now. And rightfully so, with Bruce Arians as the head coach and the, that great receiving core and that defense, it just it seems to be like the stars are aligning for for like Tampa to be good again, kind of like they were in the early 2000s. Well, we'll just go right to the AFC South. Um, everybody says it's down to the the Bucks and the Saints. I could see why. <clears throat> uh, I do think the Saints are going to have a little bit of a problem. Because there, there, there's all this talk about Alvin Kamara being up for trade, and there's this underlying wave of 
of what to do with Drew Brees and their backup quarterback, you know, who's who's kind of like this Cordell Stewart weapon of all trades, and the defense is good, but again, I never thought I'd say this ever as much as I have recently. You just can't bet against Tom. And if you just look at the moves Tampa have made on the offseason, it's it's step for step perfect, and it's all aligned to go well. Tom Brady, a quarterback. They get Gronk to play a tight end to, to go with O.J. Howard. That wide receiving core is hardly touched. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow, some way, Edelman finds a way to get out of New England to go down there eventually. And then during last week, they get the biggest break, and they get Leonard Fournette to play to play in the backfield with um, LaShawn McCoy. That Bucks offense is looking pretty good. Um, I still have a little bit of love being a former Falcon fan for the, for, for the Falcons. Again, I have all the faith in the world that Todd Gurley will probably have a bounce back year. Julio Jones, who's arguably the best receiver in football, never will fail you. It, it comes down to the things that, as any Falcon fan will understand, comes down to the trust of the defense and that offense and just I'm Matt Ryan's the reason why I'm no longer a fan. I just can't trust Matt Ryan. Especially when especially when he's given such such weapons every year. And and the only thing about the Panthers that's gonna be worth watching is Christian McCaffrey and watching him just just do his magic because that guy is sensational. But it I'm going to go with, again, I'm, I'm going to go safe in the fact that I've never liked the Saints. So I'm going to go with Brady, Brady and the Bucks to win the AFC South. It's just, I, that's the only way I see that going. Now we go to the always dreaded, dangerous NFC East. Um, This is going to be a two-team division. All Like all due respect to Redskins and Giants, I'm sorry, Washington team and Giants fans. Um. I feel bad for Saquon Barkley, but he's going to have another sensational year that's going to not mean much, unfortunately. Um, the Eagles are the Eagles. They're always stacked. They're always they're always in the mix. But um, it won't mean much, especially, especially if you're depending on the health of Carson Wentz, which is always up and down. Um, I don't know what's happened to me over the past year or so. I think it's because a couple buddies have really sold me on uh, on Cowboy Nation a little bit more to not be as hateful. But I, I don't trust Dak. I'm not a big fan of Zeke. But that Cowboy defense and CeeDee Lamb being, being the young breakout receiver and having a new coach, a true outsider, come in in um, – um, and former pack coach you know, uh, will do great for them. So I, this is Dallas's division to lose. What happens? You never know with Dallas. It is truly a sports soap opera. But I'm going to go with the Cowboys, get their heads on straight, and and are going to look forward to probably the NFC Championship and win that division. The NFC North, it's it's. It's been a crapshoot lately. Um, you want to go with the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is coming back and the defense is okay. The Vikings, despite losing Stephon Diggs, are still a good team. Uh, the Lions are in a rebuild, unfortunately. 
And then there's the Bears, who excellent defense, but a horrible quarterback. So it eliminates them. So it's like, how good can that defense vault them to greatness? I never want to go against Khalil Mack ever, but he's only one man, and he and he can make up for only so much on that offense. So I think it's safe to say it's going to come down to the Pack and the Vikings. I want to I want to sell myself on Minnesota, but losing Diggs is a big deal. But Green Bay doesn't have a really good run game or offense to give Aaron Rodgers a little bit of support that he needs, and that offensive line's always been shaky. So I guess I'm, I'm going to lean towards Minnesota to squeak out and win, and win the division. But, I, but hopefully Aaron Rodgers has a full season of just excellence and the Packers show signs of some kind of improvement to help that guy out. And then we go to the NFC West where it's the defending NFC champion 49ers, the Seahawks, Cardinals, and the Rams. The Rams still have a good, solid defense led by Aaron Donald, probably the best defensive player in, in the entire league. The Niners didn't do anything to make you feel that they make you feel that they've improved, but didn't do anything to make them look worse. Seattle's always in the mix as long as they have uh, Pete Carroll and Russell at quarterback. It's it's always a safe bet that you know they're gonna hang in there. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna again I my. My word for the NFL this season is go, or line for the NFL this season is go with the trend. And I'm, I'm going to go with a very uncomfortable trend that I don't really feel comfortable on, but but I'm so pro on DeAndre Hopkins of him being such a difference maker. I'm going to go with it. DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald sounds scary to me. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals somehow steal the NFC West. And Kyler Murray somehow has a very productive season. And they win the NFC West. I'm gonna go here. This is gonna be a tough one. I'm gonna go with Bucks Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, and I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Dallas to win the NFC. And unfortunately, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs beat beat the Cowboys in the Super Bowl, so the Chiefs go back to back. I think something goes awry in Tampa in that championship game. I don't know if if, it, if it's Gronk breaks down or Gronk or Gronk or Fournette breaks down. Tom Brady can can lead the way, but so far, but that'll be where the the season ends for Tampa. But it's just going to motivate Tom to come back for one more and get it done in Tampa. But he'll he'll get a lot farther than probably the Patriots. But um, but yeah. So that's my that was my very quick and productive take on take on uh, football, <laughs> just because I knew I had to. And um, I'm gonna take a little breather, take a little break, and we'll be right back, and we'll pick up with uh, pick up with some wrestling. We'll end up we'll end with some wrestling. Why? Because. I'm Rachel Gray, so why not? Hang in there.
Alright, Red Hook Ray's back, and we're going to get into some wrestling. Oh, it's getting a little tougher each time to talk about wrestling, especially today's wrestling. Sometimes it's positive, other times it's kind of like what Chris Rock said about Chris Rock said about rap. Love listening to it, tired of defending it. <laughs> this is how it's getting for me when it comes to wrestling. Love watching it, sometimes tired of defending it. Uh, we'll begin with WWE, the main roster stuff, Raw and SmackDown. A few weeks back, they started the Thunderdome, which is uh, kind of what they copied off the NBA as far as the virtual fan audience thing. They're doing it at the Amway Center in Orlando. They have a residency, so all the shows have been there. Uh, they did SummerSlam there. SummerSlam was a little underwhelming. Some cool stuff happened there. Uh, Dominic Mysterio's match with Rollins was pretty decent. Went a little long, but pretty decent. Not bad for Dominic for for Dominic's de- debut. Um, the Fiend and Strowman's match was was what it was. It wasn't the best. Just because those guys just they're not supposed to have long matches. Those matches are supposed to be the same length as I'm gonna use a lot of old school terms, on the same length as a bruiser brody, a duel the duel the butcher match, short, sweet, to the point, and not all over the road. Uh the only good part was the end of the show when Roman Reigns comes back and clears house. Roman Reigns is now a heel. Thank the good lord, they finally, finally listened. Roman Reigns is now a heel. We're going to get into that a little bit. And surprise, surprise, a pro wrestling match happened on the show with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Phenomenal match. Great match. I want some more of Randy Orton Drew McIntyre if it's going to be like that. Um, other than that, there wasn't really much. Sasha and Bailey always delivering their matches. Bailey retains thanks to some assistance from Sasha. In Sasha's match, when it was time for Bailey to help Sasha out, she doesn't help Sasha out. Ba- Sasha loses her title, and that starts to begin the cracks of a breakup. Uh, then WWE had another pay-per-view a- after SummerSlam the following week, Payback. Um, and I believe that was the same thing. Uh, they had the triple threat with Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, but on the SmackDown before... They do weird contract signings, and Roman unveils that he's now a Paul Heyman guy, which is something I have been screaming for for at least three years. It's all coming true. It's best thing that's happened to Roman was to have him be a Heyman guy. It just works. It works great for him, um, and that's been excellent. Uh, Sami Zayn came back, and they're now doing the Who's the Real Intercontinental Champion thing. Hopefully this leads to either a Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, or Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles triple threat match. Even though I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of starting to become like most old school wrestling fans, getting tired of the multiple man matches. Maybe don't do it all the time or have them do different style ones because it's all becoming the same. You're, you're kind of looking like the AEW stuff. But, um, you, you know, that that's going to be interesting. The tag titles are about the same. Nothing new. Nothing. Nothing great on either show. Um, 
Raw, Raw Underground has been awesome. Still, still picking up some steam. You've seen some new faces show up there. Um, on Raw, the Hurt Business is still carrying the load. Um, and this will tie in when 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 I cover NXT. But Keith Lee was called up the Monday after SummerSlam. Uh, I don't understand why. You know, he loses the title on TakeOver that weekend, comes up to Raw. I think for a lot of us who watch NXT and like Keith Lee, you hope they don't do anything to uh, to ruin him. And then they kind of did. Uh, they changed the theme music. I get why they're trying to get away from the previous group or band's theme music because they don't do business with them anymore. But, of course, the powers that be put a shirt on Keith Lee. And it, Keith Lee should just be presented as as he was because it was well done to begin with. So hopefully, I mean, they did great. He beat Randy Orton at Payback. He had an interaction with Randy Orton his first night. So they're doing something right with, with Keith Lee, fortunately. Um, you know, uh, Shayna Baszler's back is here on the underground with, with her other cohorts Jessica Menduke and uh and uh Maria Shavir so that's perfect for them that's where they should be in underground but Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax after feuding teamed up to be a tag team beat Sasha and Bailey so now they're the raw or they're the women's tag team champion so Sasha has no titles Bailey has her title um and then I think it was last Friday, um, they got a rematch with Tag Titles lost, and then Bailey finally turns on Sasha, hurting her knee. So the so the breakup's official. Uh, I like again, heel Bailey has been one of the best things to happen to this company in a long time, and I hope they do. I hope they put the same effort and time into Sasha being a babyface, because. I, they they don't they need to use Sasha equally the way they use Bailey because they are both the stars. It's funny how many people view Sasha and Becky as the superstars of that that four of that four horse of of that group. But really, all four of them are stars of that of that four group trio. So, and I think a lot of that will change uh, when Charlotte returns. And if or when Becky comes back, that, that's up in the air as far as I knew. Um, Alexa Bliss is going through this weird obsession thing with The Fiend. It's intriguing. I don't know how that's going to end up. Uh, hopefully they finally, just finally put the nail in the coffin. With Bray and Braun Strowman, it's done. Bray Wyatt needs needs to move on to a better target, a different thing, something fresher. And if Braun needs to go away for a while, I don't think anyone would be that sad if he does. Um, just because it's not needed. Um, but you know, Raw's good. I know last night I watched Raw this morning. Cedric Alexander joined the Hurt Business, so. That went against what I thought would have happened, which would eventually have been either Keith Lee joined Hurt Business or he goes against the Hurt Business. That's still not out of play yet, but it could happen. Um, 
uh, we got the SmackDown Tag Champions, Nakamura and Cesaro challenging Street Profits next week. Should be a good match. Um, you know, the women's titles are, are in good hands. Uh, they broke up the Iconics last week. And Peyton showed signs of a turn because they were invited to the underground. And Peyton throws Billy Kay in, in, into the underground against Jessica Manduke and pretty much gets beat up. And then last night, she beats Billy Kay. So I don't know if this is the sign of the end for Billy Kay. I think we all knew off of the popularity and how a lot of us guys think Peyton Royce is beautiful. I'm one. That they're probably going to start building up the Peyton Royce. I don't know what's going to happen to Billy Kay. She's also very good. Uh, there was a weird vignette last Friday on SmackDown with someone walking in heels. There's the buzz that it could be Eva Marie. Oh, honesty, I'm, I'm, she's beautiful to look at. Do we need her back in WWE? No. Um, I'm hoping it's a repackage for Carmella or a new way to bring up the talent that they kind of brought up but didn't in um, Vanessa Bourne. You know, maybe that. Something, something different. So please not the Eva Marie thing because we can go in better directions and do something more there. Since Eva Marie doesn't fit this this era of, uh, of girls or women's wrestling in in WWE right now. It's, it's, no, it's nothing against her. She just doesn't fit. Um, that's really it. The Thunderdome, I think, is a hit. Yes, there's been a lot of ignorant things showing up. The Fire Velveteen Dream thing, which I'll get into a little bit when I touch on XT. The Klansman picture, the picture of an execution, the Benoit picture. Allegedly, Kenny Omega was in the Thunderdome, shown in the Thunderdome, whatever. Uh, I think they should have known that that was coming. Um, there's a lot of bells and whistles and unnecessary stuff to go through to get into the Thunderdome. Um, good idea. Great concept. I like it. Uh, I can see where it gets. It. I call it a very souped up, advanced version of Guess Who. <laughs> And that's what it kind of looks like. It's, it's just a souped-up version of Guess Who. Um, but but it does give somewhat that arena feel back, which they probably should have done in, in the first place. I love NXT, the product, but the show is a bit drab and dark and very bland, and I probably get why they do it because they want to emphasize the, the wrestling, but they needs to lighten up, put a little bit more light in the arena and and do little things like that to get the show look a little brighter because all the other shows under WWE look look livelier. And you know, we all the new and then there's Renee Young's last night was the SummerSlam. She's moving on to Greener Pastures. Of course everyone thinks that the Greener Pastures means AEW because obviously she's married to John Moxley. I hope that's not the case. I think I think she's going to take the rest of the year off because she has to because there's a 90-day clause that says that she can't show up anywhere else just like, just like anybody else. I feel that she's going to move on to something more, something different, and I, I'm hoping it's ESPN 
or Fox Force One because I feel that she would be perfect in that role. Because whether people liked her or not, she is amazing at what she does. And the next logical step is ESPN or Fox Force One for her. So best wishes to her. And, and, and so glad that, that she's recovering and doing better after testing positive for COVID-19. And for me, again, watching the NXT product as much as I have, losing Morrow, losing Morrow, um, Ronaldo hurt because he was, he was the one announcer that didn't sound like a cookie-cutter announcer. I'm sure anybody who watches wrestling recently – and particularly the WWE stuff, knows or senses that a lot of the commentators now are sort of Michael, they're sort of like clones of Michael Cole, where, where they all say and sound the same stuff, and it just doesn't work. And then there's Morrow, who does his own stuff because he's been doing his own stuff forever, and he, he brought emotion and passion and something real and different to NXT. And to lose that, you know, obviously all the catchphrases, Mamma Mia, and et cetera, like, losing that sucks. But um, I know he said he's taking care of his mother, and um, I believe he's not getting, he's not giving up boxing and MMA as well. I don't, I, I don't believe he's giving those responsibilities up. He's just stepping away from wrestling. Um, I'm not going to lie. If he goes to AEW, great. I hope that means... If he goes to AEW, they can finally get rid of Excalibur. One for all the stupid stuff he's in the past, and he's just a, he's just an eyesore and just a, a a hearing sore. He's not a good commentator. He's awful. Get him out of commentary. If Morrow does go to AEW, they can have this like great three man booth of Morrow, Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross. That 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 alone would at least get people to watch AEW more. But best wishes and luck tomorrow. I hope. Um, but they did bring in my one of my favorites. They brought Wade Barrett back in for commentary last week. Um, Wade Barrett was doing commentary for NWA and doing the NWA Power Show. He was a replacement for Jim Cornette after all the nonsense that. The powers that be with NWA did did with Cornette. Wade Barrett is perfect in this role. Hopefully, it's it, it it's a permanent role because because Wade would be perfect. He's not gonna be Morrow, but it's but it's a a tolerable substitute. And uh, hopefully that happens. So <laughs> you know that, you know like that that would be great. But WWE lost two very very good on air commentaries and personalities announcers this this past week AEW um I know on my show on Lonnie Boy's house show I'm very skeptical uh the all-out pay-per-view was Saturday um I caught bits and pieces of it via YouTube and stuff and a lot of what I thought happened happened um the the Casino Royale Battle Royal happened can I just say can they not name the Battle Royal Royals for everything, Casino Royale, and if you are, can you save it for when you do Double or Nothing and kind of keep that casino theme together, please? Um, the mystery surprise was, was Matt Seidel, or formerly known as Evan Bourne. I love Matt, 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 Matt Seidel. He's amazing. He 
He had a very scary moment. He slipped off. Um, I don't know if Matt Seidel is a signee. Signee was a one-time thing. If he is a signee, I'm, I'm skeptical. I don't know if he'll blend in with all this stuff that they're doing or he'll do something different. Because Matt Seidel has been great in, he's been great in New, in New Japan. He's done phenomenal work, so I hope they don't lessen his work there. Um, the Britt Baker, Big Swole, tooth and nail match that they've been building up for a while was was like what it was. Not anything special. It, it, it guess it served its purpose. I don't remember who won. wasn't that important to me. The Young Bucks versus Jungle or Jurassic Express. Um, recently, the Bucks are trying to be more meaner and tougher. I don't know if this is their attempt to turn them heel or more serious. I know a lot of people who are anti-Young Bucks laugh at it. Um, I'm on the fence. I'm 50-50 with the Bucks. Um, with the Young Bucks. Um, if this is their attempt to be serious, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, Jurassic Express, again, can be something so good if they just got rid of Marco's stunt and if they didn't lose so much. Uh, Jungle Boy is so good and has so much promise. And Luchasaurus can be something if he stops doing certain things that he just simply can't do. You know, and that, that's as far as that goes with that. Um, get on with the certain match. I'm not going to go in order because I don't remember the order. Uh, the inner promotion match with um, with Sheeta and Thunder Rosa was, was good. Thunder Rosa is awesome. I watched her on, on NWA Power. She had probably the best match, uh, best match in the women's division in AEW so far. Uh, last week with um, with um, Serena, who used to be in the Straight Edge Society, that was the best match for for all the girls in AEW by far in in a long time. Um, Th- Thunder Rose is awesome. I know there's rumors that the NWA is kind of on life support, which sucks. But if there's a way to merge them in with AEW then there's a chance to save a lot of good talent there. You know, that would mean that Nick Aldis would be on national TV. And I would be excited for that because Nick Aldis is a big-time player who's just been overlooked throughout the years. Um, <clears throat> the tag team title match, uh, FTR versus Omega and Adam Page. Leading up to the pay-per-view, FTR was paired up with Tully Blanchard. So now they're pretty much full blown heel, which is blessing in disguise, and they're they're doing all the old school stuff. They've been teasing the breakup between Paige and Omega. You don't know who's who's who or who's doing what. Um, so it, it's all like they're they they've been teasing hints that uh, Kenny Omega could 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 be turning back into the cleaner, which. I, I was one of the many people screaming from the rooftops saying that can't wait till you get Kenny Omega on North American television around the time when he was in Japan and he was the cleaner and in Bullet Club and his New Japan run. I was screaming that. And everything he's done in AEW so far, with, with the exception of with the exception of the matches with Pac, 
you know, discussions with Pac and 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 the Moxley match have been less than stellar and undesirable and everything that all the Kenny Omega naysayers have pointed out just with glaring red flags. So if that is true, um, that'll be nothing but a positive because that's exactly what we probably need for Kenny Omega to finally be whatever they want to present Kenny Omega as. If Adam Page is going to be the, the, the ultimate jerk here, greed, I am a little, I'm getting a little annoyed with them making him the alcoholic, you know, the, the alcoholic and the young bucks and Kenny Omega are kind of these goofy nerds. They don't drink. And they, like, I get it. But again, because like something I said on, on my show with, um, on, on my show, Lonnie Boy's House show, it, again, it's guys doing their version of WWE comedy, but it's their stuff under their supervision. But anyway, but if they're going to do this, either way, they need to give Adam Page like a, a singles push because Adam Page is part of the future. It's Adam Page, it's Jungle Boy, it's MJF, and, 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 and Darby Allen. And even even way back when when they started this um, elite faction, Adam Page just never fit to me. He just didn't. He 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 should be on his own entity, and 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 this is the right time to do it with Adam Page. Uh, but all out, FTR wins, and they're they're now the AEW tag chance, which which yes. Um, AEW has let back in some fans, um, but hopefully, whenever whenever some things go back to normal in our world, and AEW can have regular fans and regular arenas again, we can finally get the matchup that everyone knows is coming and should what they're waiting for that they've been teasing for years: the Young Bucks versus FTR, and that and that'll be when they'll probably get this feud going. Until then, they gotta find a way to patch things up in 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 the meantime so this is just the way it is um then of course at the end page tries to get support from omega omega steps away and walks away from him so it, it's leading to something it's it, it's at least gonna lead to a match between omega and page which should be decent um then there was a couple of, there was a, the dark order has been doubled down <laughs> Uh, creative has doubled down on the Dark Order, and they've been heavily featured. I've never been a fan of the Dark Order. It's just something that I don't like. I think it was because of whatever his name, uh, Numero Uno, or, or whatever. Uh, I, I feel bad for Brody Lee. I hate how some people call him boring or a black hole of charisma, as uh, June Cornette says. How people just think he's bland and he's boring and he's terrible. Like I was so happy for him when, when he when he got a chance to come here and he got to lead something. And he to me he's done an okay job with a at best okay or less than stellar faction. Um, I still don't get why Cole Cabana is with is is in this group. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but Brody Lee beats Cody on TV and he's the new TNT champion. Not like beats Cody, just 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 
just demolishes Cody. So it shows that the Dark Order is getting power. Anna Jay, who's part of the Dark Order, is getting a lot more attention. Also another beautiful attraction. Um, but again, I don't know how much that does good for Anna Jay to be to get some headway in a very piss poor division that didn't need a tag team title that needed to be they needed better talent before before it needed another title. Um, I think anyone with any sense would have seen that as logical, but whatever. Um, you know, we had some some decent buildups here. Um, anyway, who won the Casino Royale was Lance Archer. Seems like they're finally getting some sense of how to properly build Lance Archer. <laughs> Lance Archer won the the Battle Royals. Now he gets a shot at the AEW title, which they should have done something like that in 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 the first place. Why they didn't, I don't understand. Uh, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara have had decent feuds, like the old guard versus the new guard with a broken rules match, which is basically a a no DQ falls count anywhere match. Scary moment, Matt. Matt falls off a scissor lift and gets a concussion, which has got a lot of controversy going right now, probably between Matt's wife, Reba, and my favorite person, the ultimate con man, Tony Khan. Um, Matt, they stop the match. Matt's okay. Matt finishes the match. And um, it was okay. Sammy, Sammy Guevara is, again, another one that's going to be part of the future. The match was... Pretty much what everyone expected, except the scary moment. Um, I did. I'm glad Matt Hardy stopped jumping into ice coolers and changing personas every 15 seconds, but I, I, I don't know what 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 exact direction they're going to use for Matt Hardy going forward. He totally deserves better, but I, I'm also of the jaded belief that. But I guarantee you, if this was Jeff Hardy, they would know how they they'd have a whole thing laid out for Jeff. They'd push him to the moon and use him right. And with Matt, they just take him for granted. Um, and then I, I gotta get to this, and I have a little bit of time. The best I can do in about three and a half minutes. The Orange Cassie Chris Jericho feud has been just. A head scratcher. I have no idea who this person is that that is pretending to be Chris Jericho. Um, Chris Jericho to me has just rested on laurels. He has completely forgotten the Chris Jericho that was on TV the first three months of this project of AEW. That that was an old school heel, did everything the right way. The Chris Jericho that 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 really has been on the independence after leaving WWE, teaching the young guys what not to do and leading the example has now just become a follower and he's doing all the stupid things and the goofy stuff. This is just another example. Just just like a few weeks ago, um when they had the uh debate. He's doing I think Chris is trying is trying to correct a wrong that happened to him in WCW and this is his way of doing it by trying to get Orange Cassidy over. If anybody knows he knows my feeling on Orange Cassidy the, the idea, the, the gimmick is stupid. Anybody puts their hands in his pocket in a, what's supposed to be a, an athletic competition is, stu- is just insulting. 
I've, I've come around to, uh, to understanding it because actually he does fight with his hands. But it, but, 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 but there's no ex- explanation to why. And at this point, we're so far into it, it doesn't matter anymore. They had an orange, 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 or a mimosa mayhem match, which is champagne and orange juice, which is essentially to me a fancy, a fancy high end version of of a of a screwdriver, at least for me, because because Jericho likes the bubbly, Orange Cassidy likes orange juice. I get it. You can beat a guy by pinfall submission or throw them into a vat of mimosa. Which told me right away that either Jericho's going in, that either Jericho is is losing, that Jericho's losing by by most likely falling into the vat of the vat of the drink, or probably or probably the goofy member of Pride and Powerful Ortiz is going to because he likes to be a goof, or Hager's going in, but Orange Cassidy was probably going to win this. And of course, Orange Cassidy wins. The match was bland or, or whatever. And Jericho goes into he goes he goes into the vat of mimosas, and Orange Cassidy is supposed to be validated and elevated to being a star. I hate to tell everybody who loves Orange Cassidy this, no matter what Chris Jericho did, um, he is not. He is not gonna be a superstar. This is what I've said for a long time. This is this is his ceiling. His 15 minutes have been up. Chris Jericho has tried everything in the under the sun to make this work, and it just it hasn't. This was a terrible feud, and I'm so glad that it's over. And then I come to the main event, one that I had such high hopes for, and it's somewhat lived up to the expectations, MJF and John Moxley. Um, I was happy because MJF's finally getting the shot at the AEW title. MJF has been the model of just excellence. Probably the best heel in their best heel in the company, if not in all of pro wrestling. He's done a good job and I feel a lot of the the, the hate that John Moxley gets being called a, a wannabe Stone Cold Steve Austin or a wannabe Terry Funk or um or a, a wannabe Mick Foley. It's just it's insulting. John Moxley has done to me a good job. Do I do I like that? Do I like that he's he's resting on um his his combat zone wrestling laurels? No. I, I feel that he needs to bring some of that WWE's success that he had to AEW to show these guys, hey, hey, it's possible. Because John, because John Moxley was quite successful in WWE in a group and by himself, despite some of the uh, creative nightmares that 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 he had to endure. Uh, the build up was great, uh, especially M- especially MJF's promo to run as AEW champion was a masterpiece. Moxley's promos are never bad, just because Mo- just because Moxley can cut a promo. Um. The buildup was great. The, the the contract signing was okay. Uh, the match last week where Moxley beats up MJF's lawyer because previous week or so Moxley gave MJF the paradigm shift and hurt his neck and 
that that was all old school good stuff. And then he beats the lawyer. Granted, it's a little bit of a funny nonsense match. And then MJF beats him to a bloody pulp. And they lead into the, the pay-per-view. I, I honestly, I was ready to see MJF as champion. And, and then we and we take Moxley somewhere else. Because I feel, I feel John Moxley at this point in this company is a lot like Chris Jericho. To where... Jericho and Moxley are so are pretty are, are pretty much above are pretty much above having a championship to where title or no title they're, they're going to be just fine. And uh, the match was okay. Man, the match was good. It lived up to his expectations. I just feel like All Out was just very flat because it wasn't held in in its in its normal place. Normally, All Out is. All Out is a, a fun-filled weekend that has StarCast. You know, the whole StarCast can, the StarCast can convention, you know, Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Or, you know what I mean? And it's all, it's, it's all in one place. It's, you know, you know, it's all held in Chicago, and it, it's got the feel. It didn't have that feel. It was, it was in the same place that's taped with Dynamite and Dark is. So it's just... Didn't have it. Um, they did their best. Um, they didn't really do anything to make you think, wow, like, okay, like, w- what's next? Just that Moxley survived. Um, Wardlow causes a distraction because uh, the one rule in the match was Moxley, Moxley couldn't use the paradigm shift. Ref has his back turned, taking care of Wardlow. Moxley gets the paradigm shift, wins it, and that's it. Um, I don't know what's next for him, for M- for MJF. Uh, I would hope the next thing, uh, because I heard, I, I don't watch the Young Bucks U- YouTube show. I never have nothing into them. I just don't, I don't put time into stuff like that. Um, apparently Dark Order tries to recruit Wardlow. Hopefully that leads to MJF challenges Brewery Lee and he becomes the TNT champion. And then hopefully that leads to what I think a lot of people want to see again, uh, M- MJF versus Cody. That way, that way that, that we can pick up that rivalry again, but now have a title involved. And with Moxley, I think it's pretty clear, pretty clear of of, of who's next to take on. It's going to be Lance Archer. And for me personally, the two guys I like in this scenario is Moxley and Jake Roberts. Just imagine those promos you know, alone, and hopefully they give this, like, more like more than a month, three weeks of just Jake cutting the promo on Moxley. Moxley cutting the promo on Jake. It, it'd be perfect. Um, that was really it with, a, with AW All Out. Um, going forward again, uh, I, I just think that they need to get rid of a lot of the, or what's the term, trim a lot of the fat to really get somewhere. Um, are they going to do it? No, because the guy leading is completely clueless. If you haven't noticed, I'm not a fan of Tony Khan um, at all. Um, they also, I know I know that they're very anti the pro wrestling direction, but they need someone that has a pro wrestling direction to give them a little bit of structure sometimes, and it's needed and shows in the show. But, uh, Again, I don't want to see this fail. I want to see this succeed. But they said that they were going to be a true alternative to WWE. And 
all they've been is a, a WWE light or, or or great value WWE, and it's 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 sad because they can do a lot more. But enough of that. We're gonna go. I'm gonna finish up with NXT. A lot went down. Uh, Keith Lee. And Karrion Cross was was a robbery again for for only a month. They had a decent build up. Karrion Cross was was being was being built as this monster. You kind of knew sooner or later his time was coming for a title shot. He faced Keith Lee um, at Takeover Thirty. He beats him. The match was a bit un- underwhelming. I like the match just because honestly I like both guys. I like Karrion Cross. I like Keith Lee. Of course, Scarlet. They're like, how do you not like Scarlet? Uh, the match went as good as it went. Um, somewhere along the match, Karrion uh, Cross had a shoulder injury. Finished the match. He wins the title. Becomes the new NXT champion. We're all we're all really supposed to be prepped for Doomsday. You find out a couple days later, his shoulder is really bad, and he has to vacate the title. Gotta admit, I feel like the NXT title is just as bad as being just as bad as being on the Madden cover. There's gotta be a curse for this title. So obviously they call they called up Keith Lee to Raw two nights later. Karen Cross has to vacate the title. Unfortunately, so he's out for however long. Hopefully there's a speedy recovery for Karen Cross because because he's gonna be a big time major player here very fast as soon as he comes back. So they had a four-way where it was Adam Cole, Bebe, um, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, and 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 in the return of Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa returned, and it's heel Tommaso Ciampa. I feel, and just I'm I've been a fan of this Tommaso Ciampa for a long time. He's so good, and he needs to be showcased a lot more. You know, especially especially in this. NXT environment. Um, the four it was a four way Iron Man match. I understand all that all four competitors can easily fight a sixty minute match, but it's 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 hard to stay engaged with a regular one on one Iron Man match, let alone a four way Iron Man match where all the matches now like that are. Multiple women matches are, you know, some guys will van- will vanish away to rest and then come back. It, it's, yeah. I feel that they should do, like, old school, early ECW or NWA four-way dances to where it's four guys truly fighting each other. You get a pin, eliminated guy, so now it's not a four-way dance. It's a three-way dance. It's just a four-way elimination match. And make it a little bit more interesting and find a way to make it intriguing where all four competitors have a reason to hate each other and compete for the same thing. You know what I mean? Just not just be like, here goes a four-way, here goes a triple threat. Just let, let's minimize these multiple man ladder matches and crazy matches just because now, because now there's nothing special about those matches anymore. Because they happen almost every other month. Um, it went it was they all had one fall until the last two three minutes. Finn Balor gets a quick pin. Cole gets one, and it ends with a tie with Adam Cole and Finn Balor, which leads to today or tonight. Cole and Finn Balor have have a match to decide the title. Two guys I'm a huge fan of. Either way, you can't go wrong with 
either one is champion, but the fact that Adam Cole just dropped this a couple months ago in, in July, that would be pointless to give it back, especially see now that he just had this feud with Pat McAfee, and that feud was incredible, just to go off on a side thing. The McAfee-Adam Cole feud, they, it was an excellent build. They've been building this slowly and perfectly for over a couple of years. Uh, Pat McAfee, the podcast, former punter for the Indianapolis Colts, big wrestling fan. He buys a ring, was trained by the great trainer, Rip Rogers. They've been building it up, building it up. He teases Adam Cole by his size and this and that. Finally comes to a halt. Finally comes over to a blow. He comes to NXT, kicks Adam Cole in the head. And because Pat McAfee is just a great heel, it somehow turns Cole in, in the Undisputed Era face. Their match at NXT 30 was probably the best match of the night. Um, you know, we might as well just go into TakeOver 30 here. Cole McAfee was a great match. I was impressed. I, I was very skeptical of Pat McAfee because a lot of my friends love and swear by Pat, Pat McAfee. I know, I know that McAfee is quite the space cadet, but he, he did a good job. He did a great job, and I, I don't know what they'll do with McAfee going forward. I feel if he's going to do this full-time, then let's do this. If this was just a one-time thing, I, 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 don't, I don't know who, who else you put him up against. That'll make sense for him, but it's wait and see. Um, the EO Shirai Dakota Kai match was great. I love this kind of I don't know how how to describe this version of um the this version of Dakota Kai, but her having the insurance policy in um in uh Raquel G Gonzalez is great. That this is such a playoff of. Shawn Michaels and Diesel, except it works with those two because because it's 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 such a natural fit. Uh, Io Shirai's Io Shirai, she's awesome. Um, that match went good. You know the ending was okay to where it brings out Rhea, brings out Rhea Ripley to challenge to uh, to to challenge Gonzalez, teasing that teasing that matchup someday. Um, that was really good. Uh, there was a couple other matches. The Finn Balor Timothy Thatcher match was good, just because Finn Ma Finn Balor is the total professional, and Timothy Thatcher is a, a great old school traditional wrestler. Nothing, there's nothing that can go wrong there. Um, they, they really Takeover Thirty was honestly a really good match or a really good show. I don't think there was a lot wrong. Um. I think there were certain matches that were supposed to be on there that weren't, and that was okay because uh, the ones that that were needed, um, the North American North American title ladder match was awesome. Um, it, it took a lot for me. It took a lot for me to get into Cameron Grimes, but I see why everyone likes Cameron Grimes. He's he's an entertaining small heel. Bronson Reed to me screams a future Bam Bam Bigelow. He just has it. I'm hoping they're assuming he's the face. Johnny Gargano is obviously just the the steady hand. He's Mr. NXT in some ways. Velveteen Dream, I might as well get into this now too. 
he he's he is what what he is. I know there's been a ton of allegations about uh, inappropriate content sent 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 to underage people or underage. Um, I don't know if it's girls or boys. I don't remember. I haven't read that deep in it, but it, it, it does upset me because I love the Velveteen Dream. I have a ton. Of, I think I have all the shirts. And um, as far as the WWE goes, he they, they did their investigation. They haven't found anything. He's cleared up. But but again, once that's out there, it's hard to get rid of it. Triple H has come out publicly and said, hey, he, he hasn't done anything wrong. So we move on. Um, I feel, and it's hard for him now, especially, especially in this title picture with everybody involved, the next logical step for Velveteen Dream is the NXT title or main roster, but with all this stuff going on, kind of hard to do. Um, I've heard a lot of things that he's got a lot of uh, issues backstage with guys and all this stuff didn't help it. But the guy who won, the guy that I wanted to win, Damian Priest, he is he he's the future. I know this might seem like a captain obvious statement here. He reminds me so much of Scott Hall. And like this is this is WWE's chance to right the wrong that pretty much they didn't get they didn't get to do with Scott Hall. Because Damian Priest has it, he has the charisma, he has the look, he has the size, and him as North American champion is gonna do great. Whoever they put next with him, it doesn't matter because Damian Priest is, should have a very lengthy run as North American champion. And that ladder match was great. It was like any other ladder match of modern day, but it, it had some good moments. And then, and then that, and then that was it. And that was pretty much Takeover Thirty. Um, uh, if you had to compare SummerSlam Takeover Thirty. Takeover thirty probably wins, 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 wins by a slight hair, and it's probably because of. And it's funny. It, it comes down to, it comes down to the two guys that had their debut performances. Dominic Mysterio had a great performance. You know, clearly, you know, he's he's a. You know, a second generation wrestler, and he he had a great match, but Pat McAfee probably put a good portion of the the NXT roster to shame in that match with with easily with easily the face of NXT, and then that says volume, and that probably put them over the edge, and I think the next second best match for SummerSlam was. Was well, best match was McIntyre Orton. The second best one was probably Sasha Bailey <laughs> or, or Bailey and Oscar, and that didn't beat McAfee Hole. You know, so it just Takeover had had a slight edge, but SummerSlam had had a slight edge in shock with obviously Roman Reigns coming back, and obviously Reigns is now the Universal Champion because he wins at Payback. You know, he signs the contract last minute, comes in, steals it. So Reigns is champion. So that, that's great for SmackDown. But back to TakeOver, back to NXT. NXT, is, they, they don't do anything wrong with their product. They just need to tweak a few things. Like just a little more lighting, 
Uh, again, the, they really got to find a way to fix the commentary because losing Morrow is going to be a big hit. I don't think they want to admit that, but 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 it is. And uh, tonight's show is going to be a big deal. Uh, I I love Adam Cole to death, but I'm Finn Balor has been is without. He's one of three or four guys that I feel that have been grossly misused in WWE. And they and they should kiss, and they and they should kiss the ground he walks on, and thank and thank the lucky stars that he didn't walk away to go to AW at any point. And bringing him back to NXT made perfect sense because Finn Balor fits that environment, and clearly he they didn't know how to use him on SmackDown or Raw. I think there's a a Vince thing about Finn being too small when Vin when Finn Balor looks actually bigger than most small guys that Vince has went with, Daniel Bryan, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. But I feel you need Finn Balor to be your NXT champion, especially this version as the as as the prince kind of doing their version of their version of Prince Devitt um in NXT or in, in WWE land. Finn Balor needs something. He, you know, he's done everything right. He hasn't. He's lost a couple matches, but but he's been. He's just been another guy. Ever, everything after his match with Gargano, or or, or feud with or feud with Gargano that, that led up to I think it was NXT Takeover Portland. It's just been flat. And the you need to put the belt on Finn Balor tonight and then just go from there and um Adam Cole broke his record now now do now do I think you need to have Finn break that and set another one no but Finn should have depending on how long how long you plan to do this at least a year run um and you have him have matches with guys and elevate them but he doesn't lose um I think undisputed era should just Again, I think I think Adam Cole is now above the title. He doesn't need it. Um, the tag titles, they Breezango beats Imperium last week. I don't understand that. I just I'm not a fan of Breezango. I, I liked it for the first five minutes. It was cool. I kind of I kind of prefer Tyler Breeze on his own. Um, I don't get why they didn't put the belt on on um, on um, O'Reilly and Fish because that. That just makes sense. I I understand that Walter can't can't come back to the stage because of all all the travel restrictions. But they just having Imperium lose to Brizango is a little head scratching. It should go to should go to Strong and O'Reilly because because they've they've always been consistent. And Roderick Strong is always gonna have always gonna have a very good match no matter what. Uh, as long as long as as long as they don't get called up to Raw or SmackDown, the Undisputed Era will always be the safest and most consistent act there. Period. Um, as far as you know, they worked on Tuesday night last week, and they did a Saturday show. I think AEW is there. I don't think we need to have a Wednesday night war anymore. Um, it's pointless. Uh, I believe NXT gained a quarter of a million fans. On Tuesday, and AW had an extra 250 fans on Wednesday, 
and when they ran Saturday on Saturday night, six o'clock, kind of like the old school days, they didn't make a difference. Um, I feel NXT can move to Tuesdays and do better, and and still win this war, but it's not a but it's not a Wednesday war, but they but they can win the ratings war against AEW and move and move to Tuesdays and, and do better. Um, so hopefully, hopefully they just finally stop this pissing contest and say, you know what, have Wednesday, and we'll take Tuesday, and and take over, which, which I'm sure will, uh, will, which I'm sure will upset the Impact fans and the Impact company. But Impact, Impact Wrestling and, and NXT are vastly different, but somewhat parallel. But but again, a lot of people. I'm gonna. This is gonna be funny. Don't have access to Access TV, so 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 they're harder to find. Um. So, I think NXT should move Tuesdays. Again, NXT to me has still won this war as far as being consistent, but AEW has has a lot more shocking highs and very embarrassing lows. And I just I feel this way. I feel if Finn Balor becomes your champion, that that's going to change the tide, because that is a recognizable name. Based based on the based on the group of people involved in this, outside of Jericho and Moxley, like Finn Balor can can, can definitely, you know, you know sway over some fans. So we'll see what happens, but um. It, this is still kind of a positive, positive for wrestling, even, even if some of the in-ring stuff is bad or less than stellar, but it's still good. It shows that we still have a pulse as far as pro wrestling goes. But uh, that's really about it. I know this episode's been a little choppy, a little shaky, shaking off the rust in the in the month-long hiatus. Um. I'm going to attempt to seriously go forward, stick with this. I'm uh, going to aim to do at least one, at least do one ep- episode a week to keep to keep this thing going. Um, again, you can follow the show on Twitter at, S, at S-T-S-R-H-R podcast. And uh, thank you for listening. You guys have a good day. And uh, peace. Take care.